It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Knock him out, John. Whoa! This man's killing me. Shoot up in here. Ladies and gentlemen, the Mr. Jerry Clower. Back with you, hour number two on this Wednesday, May the 4th. Happy May the 4th day to you there. May the 4th be with you. Yeah. Chewy and Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader and all them folks. Yep. And May the 4th day. Uh, feel free to be a part of the show. Hope you will be. Hit me up on the text sign, country please, and text 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Or call me on the Divinity phone, 995-1059. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. Kobe on line one. Thanks for calling, Kobe. Start us off. What's up? Hey, what's going on, Matt? I just learned something new. I didn't know kids could compete in video games. Yeah. And academics these days. I guess that makes you a student athlete now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, yeah. But I didn't know the video game thing. I like you say, I somehow I'd missed that. I saw the tweets that went out earlier today from the MHSAA and I was like, Look at this. And so the finals are actually happening like as we speak right now. And um I, I knew nothing about it. I, I was interested to see that that's going on. Yeah, I remember hearing about it like when they first were considering it, but it wasn't really followed. Yeah. And, and now it makes you think where this will take us next. We see where NIL is taking us. Just imagine 20 years from now, kids are getting recruited to play the next generation of Fortnite. <laughs> he was talking thumb, thumb speed. Think of the analytics that'll be associated with video games. How how good is his hand-eye coordination? Then, then size of your hands will really matter, huh? Yeah, but it, it, it's just amazing <laughs> what these people, what what, how the world of athletics is changing, and now video games is being inserted into the athletic arena. I and it's it. just a matter of time before you know people try to exploit the profitability of it. Well, okay, for instance, Kobe, you know, again, it's almost like um, the direction of things kind of teaches us to be um, a little bit skeptical, or not skeptical, but but um, cynical sometimes. So, because you'd like for everything to be pure and nothing really does stay that way. Okay, for instance, these high school esports competitions that are going on right now as we speak, you can click on the link, and it's a Twitch TV link. It takes you to a live stream of the competition, right? And you go, okay, well, let's just say there's some star esports, um, you know, what do we call them, athlete or game player somewhere <laughs> who's just wins everything, and he's getting millions of views every competition on Twitch. Well, I mean, what's to say that you own a business and you – would like to go and have him on his Twitch stream with his your logo on his shirt, you know, because that, that's a real thing. And that's where it's going because my son, he he's telling me all these people that play, he'll sit and watch people play video games like people sit and watch game films. And he's <laughs> telling me how these guys are and how they win money at competitions. And like I said, that, that, that's sort of where it's going. And my kids, 
He's 11, and he's telling me I watched them play to try to get him. These guys, and then the names are crazy. They got these online names, <laughs> and, and they're famous. They got these huge followings, mm-hmm. and it only it can only sort of get more profitable. Right, like like you're saying, you know, it's it's about to within the next five, ten years, especially especially as te- technological innovations continue to happen. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of time before. Watch, we're going to be talking about Power Five uh, 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 esports schools <laughs> next. Huh? <laughs> yeah, who, who knows? Yeah, we could be headed that way. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting um, to me just because it is going on. It is a sanctioned sport, um, and like I said, uh, that's available now. Bass fishing, Kobe. That's a did you, uh, they have actual MHSAA competition bass fishing going on for high school students now? Oh man, well huh? now that I can understand. That I can understand. The video games. Is last last thing my kid needs is another reason to stay on Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> they start talking about scholarships. You too, Kobe. You too, Kobe. Thanks for the call. They start talking about scholarships. For years, you've been telling your kids, stop playing video games. Get outside. Do something. Dad, they're giving out scholarships. Really? <laughs> hmm. What, what kind of scholarships? Like everything scholarships. Really? <laughs> it might change the whole <clears throat> dynamic of that conversation in the house, right? <laughs> and I did look the bass fishing thing up. Yeah. So they had the, it, it looks to me like a like an MHSAA sponsored deal, which would be, you know, sanctioned if you want to call it that, uh, deal. It was back in September which would have been, they called it the the Mississippi Bass Nation Super Tournament Results. And I'm reading the results at at the uh, MHSAA website. There it is. And uh, I don't know what lake it was, but it was on September the 20th. It looks like in the overall, there were two teams from Madison Central that finished one and two. And then a team from Hamilton High School finished third. Team from Northwest Rankin, fourth. It's two people per team, by the way. <clears throat> and uh, assuming, uh, you know, like other bass tournaments, I would assume it's a five-fish limit. You're weighing in your best five on a bass tournament like that. And the team from Madison Central that won, their their names were Sandberg and either Pharrell or Farrell. I think it's probably Pharrell. Sandberg and Pharrell. And the winning weight was 13.3 pounds. And so there weren't huge sacks of fish in their uh, results. But again, I'm just assuming you'd weigh in your best five, but they could have another way of weighing them in. But there were teams from two-person teams from Brandon High School, West Lincoln, Jackson County, Pelahatchee, Oak Grove, Pisgah, Strong River, Kapaya Academy, Brookhaven Academy, MRA. I'm in on that now. I want to know more. In fact, if anybody knows when the events are happening, that's what I'd like to know. When when are some of those events happening? I'd be like, uh, kind of like to know. All right, country please and text line, Flowwood Reb. Uh, apologies for the delay in getting to it. Here it is. Uh, he texts me, Flowwood Reb says, the problem, Matt, 
is the guys that are not supposed to sit at the table with name, image, likeness, transfer portal can now, with innovative leadership, can possibly get there. It says the big boys don't like it. Yes, they can still buy the five-star players, but they do not have control of them anymore uh, via the portal. You know, yeah, there's more than one way to look at this, isn't it, Flowood Rathers? I mean, you can just look at rosters and the way um, – you know, good players from other schools have jumped at the chance to go play at Alabama with this open transfer portal, right? I mean, they've benefited from it. You look at the linebacker from Tennessee a couple of years ago and and a receiver that just played against them for Georgia, and there was another one here recently. Um, you know, you look at what USC uh, is doing. But I do think, okay, the reality is, if you look at the story we had yesterday with the University of Tennessee, they've been down in football. They've just been a, an also-ran in football now for years and years and years. That's just the reality of it. Those of us that are old have lived long enough to, we can remember when Tennessee was uh, a big boy and they won a national title and they were in that conversation. But young folks don't see Tennessee that way because that's how long it's been. They've just been an also-ran in football. But the story we had yesterday that they have this fan-led collective that is putting $25 million a year in the pot to, you know, filter to the athletes. Um, above board is supposed to be filtering it to the athletes that are on campus, but it is a way to induce recruits and transfers from other schools, and we're starting to see some of that, right? And so your point is – that some of the big boys don't like it because a Tennessee can just simply spend their way into this conversation. Miami can spend their way into this conversation. You know, um, maybe so. I mean, it, it's yet to be seen if the result of it is actually the teams winning their way, you know, winning games on the field and being in the conversation because of the players they've been able to get with this, this money. That's the assumption right now. And certainly rosters, you know, have benefited from it. I mean, here in Mississippi, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss are really looking like right now they really are benefiting from the portal, you know, and, and playing the game in the portal. But, you know, we'll, we'll see if in those cases at a place like Miami, a place like Tennessee, or a place like Ole Miss, if, if a lot of the transfers and, and the name, image, likeness – money that is required to get all those transfers and do some recruiting. We'll see if it actually does translate into wins that gets them in a conversation. That's their plan. We'll see if it works. You know, um, so we got to get a few more years under our belt to kind of see what happens, I guess. But, but I can see what you're saying is that there is more than one way to look at it. Um, maybe that is true. Um, I kind of still feel like, I mean, I, I, you know, when it comes to rosters, if there are no limits, then it's simply a matter of who's just willing to or has the ability to spend the most. You know, when you look at a league like the NFL, they have the – you got 32 teams, and the ownership are in on it together to have the best product because it benefits all of them collectively to have the best product. And in order to have the best product, what do they do? They have caps. They have a certain cap, and everybody plays 
you know, uh, the, the roster game under that cap. Penalties for going over. They've all agreed to it because they're looking out for the entire league as a whole. Well, that's not what you have in college football currently. And I don't know how you have it, honestly. I don't, I don't know. I don't have the answer. Appreciate your text. Um, eSports is going on right now. Somebody texted and said it's going to be more like, son, get back inside and practice your Fortnite. <laughs> and Jonathan said, uh, my son will be playing Fortnite while watching some YouTuber play Fortnite on YouTube for hours if I were to let him. He said, Matt, the views these guys gets or get are insane, like 10 million views a pop. He goes, hey, man, instead of putting out quality sports content on YouTube, you may want to sell a camera and buy an Xbox. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe so. I don't think I could handle that kind of life or lifestyle. Um, but, hey, more power to them. Pretty incredible. Big audience for that stuff, apparently. Uh, Wally Texas show. He says, I know the Sandberg family from Madison bass fishing is obviously a pretty expensive high school sport, but it is growing. Um, Auburn has a bass fishing club team. I know. Yeah. A lot of colleges do. They have some college competitions. I've seen some of that stuff on TV. I'm just unfamiliar with when they happen. But the high school thing here for me, you're right. You know, you're talking boat and gas and travel and gear and practice time and everything else that goes along with it and that's why i'm fascinated by it uh, i would love to know like how many i tried to look it up on their website i could find the deal about the championship i couldn't find like a schedule for this year of when they're having a tournament and how you qualify and some of those kinds of things uh, i'm going to track all that down i'll just call them and ask them let's hit the phone line divinity equipment phone lynn on line one what's up lynn how about it, man? How you doing? Just right. Hi, uh, on that name, image, and lightning stuff, you said schools were getting things together for it. I think, well, and I, I guess I can say this, but, and I ain't trying to advertise it, but I think State's got a guy doing something like that, don't they? Yeah, uh, uh, it is. And we talked to him yesterday in the second hour of the show. His name's Charlie Winfield. Um, it's the yeah, same. yeah, the out of left field guy. I couldn't think of his name off the yep. top of my head. Yeah, that's him. He's on out of left field with Bart and, you know, calls some games with Bart, too. Um, and Charlie's been in Starkville for a lot of years. He used to be an attorney. And, uh, you know, I talked to him yesterday at about 1 o'clock for a little while about it, Lynn. And, you know, honestly, it sounded to me like that part of his reasoning, not maybe all of it, but part of his reasoning for getting that together and getting it off the ground was that he felt like, for state's sake, somebody had to do it because everybody else around was doing it, you know? Well, well I think he's right. I mean, really, to be honest, you're going to have to be able to have something like that, something set up in place to, I mean, not, not trying to say get outside the rules, not that anybody else does, but, uh, you know, you would need something like that in today's world. Cause it's, it's so fluid right now. Mm. And, I mean... Look, Texas is coming, and they may not ever be good, but they're going to spend money. Mm -hmm. Yep. Hey, and you and know what? I was, I was reading a story yesterday, Lynn, that it was about a, a receiver at Texas, I can't remember his name, that claims to have gotten a six-figure name, image, and likeness offer from another school 
They reached out to him through back channels, said, if you'll trans get in the portal and transfer to us, we'll get you a deal. It's worth six figures. But he turned it down to stay at Texas because they're giving him a deal at Texas. And it caused a little bit of a, yeah, it caused a little bit of a stink because supposedly nobody's supposed to be out here talking to players who are on current rosters and not in the portal. You know what I'm saying? Oh no, you're not supposed to, but you can't you you'll never make me believe that ain't been happening before. Sure. Uh, as soon as they did this portal thing, they got started right then. Mm-hmm. I mean Yeah. These guys are coaches and they wanna win and their jobs and livelihood are dependent on winning. And like any good, uh, I mean, they're going to do what they got to do to win. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I mean, that, that's right. And I think that's just the way these ain't preachers that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. These are these are highly competitive men that that believe they can win and are going to do it about whatever they have to do with. Right now, you got some with more morals than others, but the fact is, we ain't dealing with choir boys here. No. Far from it. Hey, and you know what, Lynn? And, and and the pieces all add up when you pay attention. Like we had the story about this transformation committee that Greg Sankey is the chair of, and they put out these five this five point, you know, a thing that they're gonna propose last week. And one of those five points was to have a period of time where the transfer portal is closed. Both to you know, yeah, that's got to happen. All right, and so that was last week. Well, then last night, so overnight, last twenty four hours, uh, the people that cover college football for ESPN they did a story saying that college football coaches themselves they have their own sort of association, the American Football Coaches Association. They are going to also propose having windows of time that that transfer portal is active but closing it the rest of the time because they're tired of de- – coaches aren't, don't want to have to deal with it 365 days a year. Right, right. And see, that's just going back to the NCAA. They have literally committed suicide on their own. Yep. Because these are, these things are coming from people. That's their job. Mm-hmm. That is what they're there to do is to set up these kind of policies and in place. And it's not even coming from them. I know. What it. are they doing? What are they doing, you, you Lynn? Said it's exactly. exactly right. They're taking the money and they're putting it in their pocket. That's exactly right. And and it's like we were talking yesterday and, and have for a week now, Lynn. Mark Emmert, who's the president of the NCAA, announced last week that he's going to step out and uh, away from the job in June of 2023. And I'm like, why would y'all continue to give him a check every month when he's not even doing his job now? Much less for the next year. Probably to keep him quiet, just just yeah. to keep him shut up a little longer. Yeah, maybe because he's got to. He probably kill the whole thing if they just fired him outright. Because <laughs> I guarantee you, he didn't resign willingly. Yeah, you're probably right about that. I bet he was told you're you're, you're fixing you're fixing to resign. Mm-hmm. You have no choice. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Yeah, even though it was worded differently in the news, but you're probably right about that. Appreciate you, Lynn. Good to hear from I'll you. Be- Yep. yep. Call me anytime. Here, that's the story. College football coaches will propose transfer windows. Number one in the late fall, and then again in the spring, to help with roster management around the transfer portal. That is a story that came out last night. So this is the American Football Coaches Association. You hear about that a lot. That's the organization that gives out like the 
the coaching awards and the assistant of the year, you know, all those kinds of things. Todd Berry is the executive director of this thing. And it came out last night. His his group, the AFCA, they want two transfer windows for players to enter their names into the portal. They want one window to be from the final Sunday in November, so at the end of November, until the early signing period in mid-December. Okay, so you're talking about basically two weeks. So the last Sunday in November is going to be right after Thanksgiving. So the Sunday after Thanksgiving, and then the two weeks into mid-December. And then they want another window for players to put their names in from April the 15th to May the 1st. Now, I don't know all the specifics of the way it is now to know how that is so different than what we have. But it does say here in the story that both windows would coincide with what are currently right now contact periods in recruiting. And they're not required to transfer during that time. They're just that would be the two times that players put their names in. And it would be again, it would link up with when you are supposed to have contact contact periods in recruiting. They say the dates are all out of whack right now. And I do know this. From a baseball standpoint, the baseball coaches would be thrilled for that spring window to be April 15th to May 1st, as opposed to what it is right now leading up to July the 1st. That's a real booger for baseball coaches. I'm Matt. Stick around. And now the guy who's not bald. He's just taller than his hair is. Nice hair! It's the Matt Wyatt Show. All right, back with you. I'm Matt. In the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Insurance, go with the home team. Uh, There's more to this proposal also. If you are a college football fan, it does not matter what team you're a fan of, this proposal, and it's more than just a suggestion, that's going to come from the football coaches organization. Uh, It's something to be aware of, okay? It's not earth-shattering. It is a corrective measure, and you want to be aware of it, okay? This is not related to... To all the name, image, and likeness chaos, but this is related to the transfer chaos, and it's going to come from the coaches. They're going to propose it, and people are within the industry are saying that it's almost a foregone conclusion that some of this is going to pass and actually happen. And what it may do is it may make it easier for me and you as fans to understand what's going on with this transfer portal, to wrap our heads around it and maybe even feel a little differently about it. I said maybe on purpose. Right now, there's no in and out window. There are just certain dates on the calendar where if a player is going to transfer, he has to have his name in the portal by that time. It has made a mess of roster management and, and by that, it's not just that everybody feels sorry for coaches who have to manage a roster. You're like, oh, they make $5 million a year. Let them figure out the roster. That's not the point. 
what the point is, there are lots and lots of teams out there that aren't adequately filling their scholarships. They have you for example, you can have 85 scholarship players on a team. There's a whole bunch of teams out there that don't have 85 scholarships players. Yet there are players sitting in the transfer portal and don't have anywhere to go. I've read you those numbers, right? And a lot of it's because of the calendar. So one way they think they can fix it is give these really specific windows when players need to put their names in the portal. So that, on the other side, coaches and teams out there can do a better job of getting in the portal and bringing the kids out of it. <laughs> if that makes any sense. It's a, it's a scratch, everybody's back move. Okay. Right now there are no windows. They're going to put that in. <clears throat> um, you got one coach. It's actually the coach out at Arizona. There are two legitimate windows that we're proposing. After the season, okay, so that's the Sunday after Thanksgiving to the middle of December, and then after spring practice. He says to assume that they can make a decision after just a season, you're assuming that recruiting isn't going to play a role. And he's right about that. Maybe you're confused. But here's the other thing to know that they are also supporting. This is the American Football Coaches Association. Let's see if we can all understand this together. They are saying they support eliminating the maximum of 25 initial scholarships that coaches are allowed during each recruiting class. They are saying that teams should be allowed to get to their 85 scholarship limit on their own timetable, however they see fit. What is this they are saying? Let me give you another way to look at it. Understanding that right now, they're telling you, on signing day, I don't care if you only have 50 scholarship players. Too bad. So sad. You can only sign 25. A maximum of 25. Not one more than 25 in each class. That's it. And you go, well, if I only sign 25, it still doesn't get me up to 85. Well, sorry. Well, what they're saying is, we're going to do away with that. Just worry about 85. Listen to this quote. The guy who's the, the president of this organization mentioned one school that has as few as 62 scholarship players and says, with all the chaos going on, some teams have so many holes to, holes to fill on the roster and they don't even have enough players at certain positions because they're trying to recruit high school players while also losing players in the portal and can't get in the portal and replace them fast enough. So even though you got open scholarships out there, you got players sitting in a portal that don't have anywhere to go. So they're saying this would help if you let coaches just figure out a way. So you look up in December, February, okay, and you're a school, and you need to fill all your 85 scholarships. You need to go out here and sign 30 guys. 30. We'll do it if you want to. If you don't, you don't have to. Sign 25. You'll be five short. But then go get five more the next time. 
you know, just let them deal with it that way. And, and I can see it as being a corrective measure because it is just basic logic. There are a lot of those players that are that statistic. They are the statistic. Huge portion of players go into the portal and never come out with a scholarship offer. They're just sitting in there and they got nowhere to go. Well, uh, it's just logic. Some of those are sitting there because on the other side, schools and coaches are having a hard time managing their numbers because they're told they can only sign 25 each cycle. So it would help with that. All right, let's hit the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone. Tommy hanging on line one. What's up, Tommy? Hey, Matt. How you doing? Just right. Your old coach at Mississippi State came up with this idea about 30, 30 years ago of the super conferences. Yep. He said that there would be four, and television would dictate, and it's it's coming to pass, and it's going to happen, I think, probably quicker than yeah. we all think. Yeah. And I think they're going to they'll tweak these things like the transfer portal in the name and likeness, and you'll have the AAA of baseball and football. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know what makes sense, too, Tommy? Okay. When Coach Cheryl said that in an interview, like you say, like going on 30 years ago, there were people that went, man, what is this guy smoking? Well, you looked up and then conference realignment started happening and this and that, but they still only got, like it got the SEC to 14 teams, but all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we hear, here comes Texas and Oklahoma. So what does that do? It's going to put the SEC at 16 teams. And all the talk you've heard coming out of that is, the Southeastern Conference, as a conference, has no desire to ever do more than 16 teams. Okay, we also know the other clue, the SEC likes to and wants to be first on everything. Make the first move. <laughs> and so if they go to 16, you know good and well the ACC wants to go to 16, and the Big Ten wants to go to 16, and some variation of what's out west, whether it's a Yep. joining up of the Big 12 and the Pack, you get 16 of those. If I get four conferences at 16, I've got 64 teams to break away. And, heck, man, we might just do player contracts and become a professional league. Well, I mean, that's what it's going to be. And 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 Greg, Greg Sankey will be the commissioner of it. Right. And will uh, take it from there. Yeah. And I, it, 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 it's going to happen right away. <laughs> I think uh, I think you're reading it right, Tommy. Yeah, and Coach Cheryl. Well, that's just the opinion of a real old man. Listen, <laughs> enjoy your show, and have a great day. Thank Bye. you, Tommy. Appreciate the phone call. You know, the opinions of real old men, it's your words, not mine, Tommy. Um, we probably ought to have listened to those more often over the years. <laughs> right? Another word for age is experience right bill isn't that another word for correct me? you're not old you're just experienced i'm That's not right. old i'm experienced we're veterans <laughs> of life uh, not military veterans we're veterans of life um <clears throat> what's that old deal once upon a time a man with money met a man with experience and before long, the man with the money got an experience, and the man with the experience got the money. 
Figure that one out. Makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Sometimes money's the problem. Everybody wants it. Do anything to get it. Yeah, I think that's probably right, Tommy. Um, if we really, if we want to jump ahead and let's go, okay, let's look at this whole thing from 30,000 feet. Let's jump ahead. Yeah, there's a time out there where we're going to be looking at 60 to 65 teams, something like that, schools and teams. It's just going to be a football thing. It's really not going to be other sports, really. Um, maybe not initially. It's a, it's a, it's all driven by football. So 60 to 65 teams, Super League. It's on a different level. They got a different, whole different following. They have a whole different financial situation. They go and break away and float out there and just kind of compete with themselves, have their own setup, set it up in a way and do the, what they can and things they can afford. And those that aren't a part of it will will still be in leagues and have fan bases and alumni bases and have games and game days and tailgating. They'll just compete at their level, and it'll be even more healthy for them instead of right now what you have, and that is this farce that wants you to believe that South Alabama is chasing the same trophy as Alabama. It's a complete and utter joke. All right. A little bit of time left with you on this Wednesday. Stick around. The Mississippi State Radio Analyst. And he's on your radio right now. Back with you. A little bit of time left here. Hit me up. Shoot me a text in the country, please, and text line. It's 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number. 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Uh, Gene Smith, Athletics Director, Ohio State, says he is, quote, just throwing out ideas. He said yesterday that the 10 FBS conferences, 10 of them FBS conferences, should just operate under the umbrella of the college football playoff with their own rules and structure while the NCAA continues to host championships for basketball and Olympic sports. Hmm. What do you think about that? 10 FBS conferences. See, it kind of goes against the idea of, you know, the top, the biggest four or five breaking away and kind of having their own autonomy in terms of rules and governance because they, they have different things they can afford. Again, it's, you know, I mean, it's outside the box. But to me, I look at a guy like Gene Smith at Ohio State saying that and going, you know, what about the current scenario makes you think that I believe that the Ohio Bobcats compete on the same level as the Ohio State Buckeyes in football? Well, they don't, and they can't, and they won't. And so from a scheduling standpoint, that's what we're running into also in this is, 
this. That's why the, it's it's not clear with football in what direction to go. It's because you have all these other factors. Declining attendance, it's going to get steeper because of some of the things we're talking about over here and a little bit of a, you know, just a little bit of a sagging interest from time to time, which can also affect ticket sales because people have gotten to a point where they are not interested anymore in Ohio State playing the Ohio Bobcats. And if you're going to stick with a 12-game schedule, <clears throat> this is the kind of stuff they're kicking around. You're going to stick with a 12-game schedule, you got to get rid of that game. Well, well, it's a pay game for the Ohio Bobcats. They want that game. Well, of course they do. You can still play it, but it doesn't mean they have to. It's like hosting an FCS team now. FCS teams come in, play, get beat, take the check, sometimes upset, but most of the time get beat, take the check, go back and play in the FCS playoffs. They get their own trophy they're chasing. And it's we're not making Stephen F. Austin out to be that they ought to be competing for the same title as University of Texas. So, <clears throat> you know, you'd have to figure that. But the other thing, too, that not a lot of people are talking about right now in the future of college football, when you have an AD like this, you have an AD at Ohio State saying, hey, football ought to just be governed by the college football playoff. Have your own structure, your own rules, your own way you do it. Let the NCAA handle the other sports. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Okay, so if you do that, then his school, Ohio State, in football, they are a member of the CFP. In basketball, they are a member of the NCAA. That's what he's proposing. Okay. So, here's a question for you. Best way to do it going forward is get to a point where you basically turn it into a professional game. You pay the players. You know, you have salary caps. It's fair for everybody. Um, and you operate on that. Where's the money going to come from? I'll tell you one source. Better games and more of them. Yeah. Wouldn't it make sense for an AD? Instead of seven home games, what if you had eight? What if you had nine? I'm not saying even regular season. I mean, but expand the playoff. Play a bunch more games. Right? It's what the NFL does. The NFL players make millions of dollars. The college players are even younger. You turn it into a professional thing, you're not going to be able to put quite as many academic stipulations on it. They become basically professionals, right? That's where we're going anyway. And if that's the case and it's going to cost everybody more money, why in the world would you stay at 12 games? Tell me the sense in that. Why is nobody even bringing that up? Why? We're not student athletes. We're athletes. Okay, that's fine. Um, and if we're going to relax the student requirement on this stuff, okay, let's go down that path. But I'm not going to sit here and agree to play just 12 games. I want you playing 14. I need the ticket sales. Why? So I can pay you. It's better for TV. TV deal goes up. I mean, seriously, y'all. If you look at it from a money standpoint, and what... Currently, like, look at the SEC, what ESPN is about to pay the SEC beginning in 2024 to carry its games. What is it? They're throwing an extra $250 million a year at the SEC to have the rights to all their games? Well, that's with a 12-game schedule. 
<laughs> and only eight conference games. What if all that goes up? What if ESPN now, instead of getting eight conference games, they're getting 10 for every school? Instead of 12 games across the schedule, they're getting 14 for every school. Now what is ESPN going to pay the SEC for the TV package? You wouldn't believe what they'd pay for those extra games. And where would that money go? A lot of it goes back to the players. Would it be better for fans? It actually would if you're watching more games against better teams. Yeah, well, my team might lose more. Yeah. I mean, what you want to watch? You want to buy a ticket to watch your team go play a competitive game that goes either way against NC State or against Clemson? You know, or I don't know, Iowa? Or you want to buy a ticket to go sit out in the sun and watch them beat the tar out of Tulane? Exactly. So see, all those things have to sort of settle into a lane where they fit like puzzle pieces. <laughs> this, Where's this money, this new structure? Who's going to govern? How many teams? When do we break away? What's television going to do? If we're going to pay this, that, and the other, the revenue is getting shifted around. We've got to make it better for the fans. You can't have empty stadiums. We've got to play more games. How are we going to do that schedule? Let's just do it by including more teams in a playoff instead of initially expanding a regular season. And all these things over the course of years start settling in like puzzle pieces, and, it, and one after the other you can make them make sense. What does it take to make that happen? I'll tell you what it takes initially. A smart, courageous leader. you got to have both. It's not enough just to have a courageous leader. Because <laughs> if the brain, if the thinking isn't there, it'll, you'll run into roadblocks. It's not enough just to have a guy who's really smart. Because if the backbone and the spine isn't there, it's hard to stand up. you got to have both, and you can start to make this stuff happen. And, you know, I mean, it's not like it's going away. That's, it's not like the consequences it goes away. I mean, it's going to be here. Something's going to happen. I'm going to play some games. But you can figure all this stuff out in the right way over the course of time. If you got some, if you, if you got a smart person with big, broad shoulders. But if you have someone in front of this who essentially is there for three purposes. One, retirement. Two, the annual paycheck, monthly, whatever. And three, some notoriety so you can get free passes to walk around with an escort at the Masters. Guess what? It'll happen. <laughs> or that's an explosion sound effect. Whatever a melting sound effect is, that's what you get on that. Ah, you know, and look, I'm just a talking head. I'm looking at it from a distance. And a lot of those things, kind of like evaluating a ball game. That's the easiest thing in the world. So to sit out here on the outside, evaluate it. There's nothing to that. Because number one, I don't even have to be right. But number two, even if I am right, all I got to do is talk. The people that are neck deep in it, they're the ones that have the tough job. And I understand that. Real quick, NFL, uh, Saints fans, do you realize a honey badger is coming home? 
Lord, the deal is now in place. It's going to be a three-year, $33 million contract for Tyron Matthew, including $18 million guaranteed. He will be returning home to New Orleans, where he was born, where he was raised. The Saints did not get a safety on draft weekend, and so they turned their attention to the Honey Badger. And the Honey Badger will only be too happy to sign that three-year deal. Now, they're still going over the language, and they still have to finalize the deal. But the agreement is in place. Three years, $33 million, $18 million guaranteed. Honey Badger is going to be a saint. That was Adam Schefter. Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. Now, he said Mathal. Have I been saying it wrong all these years? No, it's Matthew. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's Matthew. Maybe that was just a, like a verbal typo. Can I say that? Can I say verbal typo? Because he's probably reading that off a prompter. <laughs> and that's why he said Mathal. Mathal, he was the guy on Grumpy Old Men. That was Walter Mathal and Jack Lemon. Great movies. Weren't they also in the odd couple together? Remember that scene on Grumpy Old Man where Mathal puts the dead fish in the under the back seat of Jack Lemon's car and left it in there for a few days? <laughs> That's good old movies. <clears throat> yes, Matthew, Tyron Matthew. He's gonna be a saint. In the figurative <laughs> term of the word there. Meaning of the word. Just thought I'd pass that along. Uh, I missed this a minute ago. Walton, you texted me on the country pleasing text, and you said, uh, in a simple question here, are you in favor of the direction college football is headed? No, 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 I'm not. I'm not in favor of all of it, the direction that all of it is headed. I'm just looking at it in terms of facts. So it is what it is. Like, it's it's like the weather. Weather's going to do what it's going to do. I can't really do anything about it. Uh, do I like it when we have severe weather? No. Do I like the direction it's all headed? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think all of it's healthy. Matter of fact, I know all of it's not healthy. Uh, hopefully, they can settle it down for too long. See y'all tomorrow. See ya.